welcome to the Hotel Analyst podcast. My name is Chris Bowne, the editor at Hotel Analyst, and I'm joined by Andrew Sankster, the editorial director of Hotel Analyst, to talk about three areas that have caught our interest uh, to do with things in the hotel investment space uh, that are bubbling around in the news from the last week or so. Um, now, the first topic we're talking about uh, this week is debt. There's plenty of it about. Uh, everyone's sinking deeper into it. Um, and uh, it's been interesting to watch over the last uh, few weeks and the months of lockdown how people are handling this and sharing the burden. Um, the report recently came out from uh, the accountancy group Boodle Hatfield pointing out that actually levels of debt in the hotel uh, sector across the, in, the, in the UK are quite a bit higher now than they were at the uh, depths of the credit crunch. Um, so I suppose the question really is, is that a problem? Um, uh, we've got record low interest rates. We've got a Chancellor Exchequer who's borrowing more than anyone else, pretty much, um, and says it's not a problem. So, um, uh, but it does look like one or two people are feeling the heat, um, and not least some of the uh, middle market hotel groups who have put, served notice on their staff that they may be letting one or two of them go in the very near future. So, Andrew, what's your view on this? Is this? I mean, it's that classic adage about on average. So, you know, if yeah. you put your 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 hand in the oven, uh, your left hand in the oven, and your right hand in the freezer, you know, on average, you're the correct temperature. It's a decidedly <laughs> uncomfortable position to be in. Um, and you know, within this, there's we've got the same thing in in terms. Of we've got some extremely indebted um, businesses and others which are in not bad shape. Um, that said, I, th I think what's interesting with the the Boodle Hatfield numbers was it, it challenges. There has been sort of received wisdom that the, the the business is in a better shape than it was um, as we went into the last downturn. Um, the Boodle Hatfield numbers make quite clear that on it, it's not the case on average, and um, and there are there are a number of businesses actually out there um, which are in very bad shape. And um, back in the, the global financial crisis in the aftermath of that I, I mean I wrote about dividing um, businesses into three categories the good the bad and the ugly and we're at that point again um, so the good are the fundamentally sound businesses they're under stress they're probably in breach of covenants but but they're going to come through um, the ugly are those businesses really that just need to be put out of their misery um, <laughs> they they were awful going into the um, downturn and are just completely beyond hope now um, and the bad are businesses which are going to require a substantial amount of new fresh capital from somewhere to rescue them now i think there is probably no more of the ugly this time around than we had last time around but i think the bad in terms of um the restructuring i think we're going to need much much more of that this time around and the volume of the bad is going to be is is is, is more extreme and and that recapitalization process i think is um is where the interesting bits of action are going to take place now it, you know who knows we're going to go on i think uh, later on in this podcast um when we're talking about um uh, in terms of capital structures and so forth um 
but um, just 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 to give some early um, views on, on, on that aspect of it, uh, looking at the OECD, the Organization for Economic Cooperation Development, the group of rich countries is often described as they put out a report earlier this month, 10th of June. Um, this was their economic forecasts what's going what's going to happen so and they said the uk in terms of gdp this year is going to go down 11 and a half percent um followed by a nine percent increase in 2021 so it almost sounds like it's balancing out uh, but you, you have to remember of course that if you drop by 10 percent, you have to go back up by significantly more than 10 percent to make up <laughs> yeah. for that drop because you're dropping 10 percent off a bigger number and mm. and you, it so you need a higher rate of growth so actually the gap between that is quite significant so and 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 then the oecd then makes it even more terrifying by saying well look actually if we have a second lockdown if we have a second outbreak of the virus uh the the hit is going to be so much worse um and the the numbers they then said was 15 percent um in 2020 and up um, just 5% in 2021, which is just terrifying. So you've got this huge drop in GDP, which is nowhere near made up for. Um, a similar sort of thing going on in the Eurozone as well. So if it was just the one, if it's just where we are at the moment, we're talking 9% down this year and then 6.5% up next year, still a big gap. But if we have this double hit, down 11.5% then up a very feeble three and a half percent in the eurozone next year so who knows i mean these are all sort of you know fingers in the air kind of guesses and it's slightly more sophisticated i think the economic modeling but <laughs> um but the, we don't know for sure what, what where it's going to go but it's certainly looking pretty gruesome and i think there's a a misread in terms of v-shape yes i think it's right to say we're going to have a sharp recovery but it's not going to be recovery back to where we were at the end of 2019 and getting back to the end of 2019 is probably two three four perhaps years away um so that that is a very scary situation which uh, I, I i still don't think and i've said this for weeks and weeks months now um that hasn't been sufficiently factored in yet and i don't think until we see the the unemployment heading into the double digits which again in this oecd um forecast set of forecasts it, it is going to happen across the piece perhaps only germany um according to them is, is going to escape um, double digit unemployment of the major european economies um i suspect even germany could could head that way but we'll wait and see but it, it, it's looking truly gruesome and as as and we just until that becomes apparent and that just seems to failure a disconnect and we see these bonkers stock market activities at the moment i think the most spectacular is if you look at the car rental firm hertz which is bankrupt <laughs> but people it's just had a rights issue and it's completely <laughs> head scratching you know that stock is worthless anyway we're in this mad zone at the minute i think the reality is going to dawn as we come out into the autumn um now next up we're going to talk about um, what happens next everyone's looking in their crystal ball clutching their seaweed and wondering once we open up how will consumers behave uh, are they going to 
jump on planes and go for a summer holiday? Are they going to get in their cars and drive up, up or down country? Um, and when they go, are they going to want to stay behind a, a rented place with their own front door or will they be comfortable staying in a hotel um we've rounded up some thoughts on that in the piece uh i put out this week um andrew what's your feeling will hotels win over because they're going to be all dreadfully hygienic and organized or will it be mm. a case of i just want to get behind another safe front door and keep my family all together yeah so you 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 look you do the the list of pros and cons so um with hotels the pros are you probably believe more in their cleaning protocols the cons are you're more likely to come into contact with other people um uh, when it's compared with uh, a separate apartment which is the the likes of which airbnb is flogging um so this is the big thing where airbnb has been out talking about how its bookings have, have you know taken off and it's doing super good and things are going to be all rosy in the garden you know anyone would think they were planning an ipo later this year um i don't think it is going to be all that rosy in the garden um and um i i, I think certainly in terms of who's going to have the best um what, what who are um, consumers going to place their faith in when it comes to cleaning protocols i do not believe it's going to be airbnb so airbnb's approach to this is to say these are our protocols if a host says that they are following these protocols we will believe them until we get negative guest feedback um which ooh, i'm not <laughs> it's not quite the same thing uh, yeah, is it when, it when it comes to, when it comes to your sort of real life safety piece i'm not sure that's you know, what happens if the guest dies of a coronavirus but <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, what are they going to do there um you know it, i seriously I, it, it you know i i'm not sure that's enough of a reassurance and i think they're they're really on the back foot with that um I, I think they do have an advantage in that you know people may want to be avoiding other people um but uh i you know it's it, it's not a it's it's not a great situation in, in in either case to be honest this whole you know this this operating environment the 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 post lockdown pre-vaccine environment as we're calling it um <laughs> we need to move beyond this as quickly as possible um it may be a vaccine it may be um it may be that we just have sufficient adequate therapeutics with trace and testing and all this kind of stuff that we can move beyond that i mean if if we get to the point where you know if you're relatively fit and healthy that covid is not a death you know you're not at any significant risk of dying i think that has a whole different complexion on where it is at the moment where we're we're just not very sure and they you know start talking about you know um so in an in our category chris of age i think between 50 and 65 i think it's one in 200 i mean you know that's still uncomfortably high <laughs> that risk of death for me you know i you know I, it's not something i'm going to be desperately wanting to you know to catch. I, I don't have to look at the, <laughs> the, the the risk you know of skydiving and all these other things <laughs> you know you, you've got to you've got to you know i'm I'm not so. I'm, it's not something I'm 
happy to to just you know, to go on a holiday for and I, I, just you know i'm willing to put take that chance simply to get a holiday I, you know I, i'm not entirely comfortable mm. with it so um we'll see how 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 this all plays out um but um, my sense is it's going to be a very subdued market um un until we until we get to that point of um being you know uh happy that we're not going to um um, die from from covid mm. now the first thing we're going to look at this week is how the uh, big hotel groups have been uh, shoring up their capital structures uh, there's been a fair bit of this going on for the a period of lockdown um some have acted faster than others um but surprisingly some have still kind of only in the last two or three weeks been acting to to deal with what they've now spotted will be a major cash flow crisis or issue for them perhaps a little bit down the line um, and uh, notably in Scandinavia we have seen um, a rights issue from Scandic hotels um, uh, which uh, fortunately the major shareholders are quite happy to back um, drawing in a, a substantial amount of new funds to which will tide them over through they see the the crunch point becoming in the first half of next year uh, and then also at Radisson which of course is owned now by uh, Chinese investors uh, those Chinese investors have said they'll put their hand in their pocket and give them a, a further wedge of cash to help seem through until things start picking up again um, and meantime even Marriott's uh, tidying up their debt pile they've uh, they've put some new long-term debt out uh, to the market uh, some long-term paper um, which they'll use to uh, pay back in part some of their shorter term paper that's maturing over the next couple of years so just wanting to tidy the house up and make sure that they're not caught short uh, in the next year or two if suddenly things take a little bit of a, a turn for the worse uh, again um, now they all got enough cash in the bank well if, if only we knew um go i'm going to go back to that oecd report mm -hmm. again that lawrence boone the chief economist there um to quote him directly says as long as no vaccine or treatment is widely available policymakers around the world will continue to walk on a tightrope and um, this is clearly the case for business leaders as well they are walking on a tightrope and it's just you know it, it, it's this known unknown of when do we get back to something resembling normal business uh, how far out is that how much money are you going to lose how much more stress are you going to put on your capital structures in the interim so people have been saying look we've got two years worth of you know uh, runway before things get you know, get really bad um, well you know I hope we don't need it but it, it's looking like we may need close <laughs> yeah. to that um, it, it, it's going to be tough I think and uh, you know we've seen the capital raisings we've seen the cuts in 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 terms of uh uh you know, costs well we've just uh, seen hilton again just just the last week said they're going to cull more headcount quite a substantial amount more yeah nearly a quarter of their head office staff globally yeah. actually is going it's uh, 2100 people um are going to go hyatt have done a similar thing i mean it's going to come across all of the um, all of the the major brands and operators i i, I think you know as we've we've said many times it, the global majors yet yeah, they're going to be here i think the real stress in this is going to be the the below them um we could see some quite 
well-known names actually become a casualty of this but certainly the, the there's a significant pain amongst the the less well-known names um and and the, the real challenge is just how um, this is going to be dealt with um and ha what attitude the banks are going to take here and i suspect that the banks are going to be more assertive this time around than they were in the period of um you know the post gfc period um we can go into the various reasons for that um, I suspect we, we, we're going to see some inflation at some point in the next five to ten years mm -hmm. um, I think that's almost essential actually to, in terms of how do we get rid of these huge government debts that we're going to have the only way to have is to do that is to have some sort of control bursts of of inflation i think as we get into that and we start having that that piece the the banks are going to say look we've got to get rid of these these this this dead wood um and then they, they will look to that and i think a lot of this is going to be next year maybe the year after as well and we're just going to see more and more of this um and as these furlough schemes as this government support stops there's more and more stress going to be piled on and as we've said um many times i think both in this podcast today but in previous podcasts um it, it's this period um of trading that's ahead is going to be the most difficult and how long that's going to be it, it's very difficult to read across and i think there's going to be some some segments which are going to really suffer during this period and others which are going to be more robust so you could look to say service departments um and economy hotels which would certainly appear to be in a better position than sort of luxury hotels or country house hotels or um, high-end leisure hotels where you know where you're not going to be able to get the kind of rates that you need to, to and you're not going to be able to hold the kind of events you need those big box convention um, um, hotels and just the the US specializes in um, are going to be in a lot of trauma um, the, the big conference venues you know across europe are going to be in a lot of trauma so so these you know there's going to be a significant nuance here i think in terms of how it's not going to be a case of all boats sinking in this one um i, th I think there's going to be you know a number of standout casualties as as we go forward um, in this and it's not at all clear right now who those are going to be i think some are i mean already we're looking at like mcdonald hotels who have got problems and they've already announced publicly they've got problems i mean i was surprised when apex hotels said they've got problems i didn't understand that why they're where that why they've got to that point one so that i found that quite quite surprising um yeah i mean it, 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 we're in for um, a huge and rapid amount of change over the the next few years and i think you know drive things like consolidation and there, there could be whole collapses in terms of certain um areas of of the, of the business which will have to be reinvented i mean conferencing how that's going to get reinvented um you know how the whole luxury market is going to get reinvented um i think there's going to be very significant um, right that's enough for that for now andrew thank you for cheering us all up we'll go and do our lifeboat drill yeah. and we'll say bye for now <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.